Morning, everyone. Nice to see you this morning. And uh, yeah, my name's Matthew, if we haven't met before. If you are with us for the first time or visiting, then you're really, really welcome and hope you enjoy uh, being with us this morning. And hi to everyone at home joining in. It's great to uh, be with you. And just behind the camera, Ethan gave me a wave when I waved to everyone at home. So hello to you as well, uh, Ethan. One of the things I've uh, missed in the last 18 months or so since we've been working from home and all that and everything else is up at uh, Penline at the offices when we grab some lunch together, um, especially on a Tuesday and a Wednesday when we'd have a lot of projects going on and it'd be all, a whole bunch of us there and different volunteers and in the middle of the day we try and you know, just grab a little half an hour and grab some lunch together, take the mickey out of each other, tease each other, usually about what each other has for lunch. And I would often be on the receiving end of this because my problem is I've never grown out of a child's lunch box. I'm still eating uh, lunches now that I was at like 12 years old in school. So I'm restricted to a cheese sandwich, a pack of crisps, and a chopped up apple. So my beige plate of food often gets taken the mickey out of. But then when you look across the table as well, it's interesting to see what other people have. Now, Adam was leading the meeting this morning. He'd often popped a little just before lunch, and he would just pick up whatever he fancies. And sometimes he'd come back with some you know, pr proper meals for lunch. He'd be in there cooking pork chops or something. But one thing that Adam does as well, which I've never seen before, and I don't, so I'm sharing this with you to see if this is normal or not, is Adam will like to boil his vegetables in a frying pan. So he's got the biggest frying pan out with, you know, like two inches of water, and there's asparagus and broccoli shoots in there boiling, which is a, a very interesting technique. So I think he, he deserves a little taking the mickey out of. Tammy as well, who's doing the kid spot, Tammy could go one of either ways. Either it looks like she's come straight from the delicatessen, and she has this, like, really posh, um, you know, meats and cheese and crackers and olives, and it's like, wow, you know, you're at a party, you're having lunch uh, in, in Penland. Uh, and then, but then the next day, she'll be sat there with a, a two-week-old um, asparagus soup, which she left in the fridge, and it's got all lumps in it. So it's one way or the other for Tammy. And then Jez, okay, now I'm not even going to mention the fact that Jez went through a, a mackerel phase and would stink out the whole office. So I'm not even going to bring that up, Jez. But Jez, Jez, would, uh, Jez would have a salad. He's very healthy. He'll have a salad every day, okay? You can't go wrong with that. But Jez would have the crunchiest salad you could possibly imagine. It's almost like all the rest of the house had made their lunch, and Jez was just left with the end bits of the lettuce. <laughs> you know, the white bits and the crunchy bits, and that would make up Jez's salad. So then it could all change if someone had forgotten their lunch, and as we're all getting ready, they might pop their head through the door and say, I'm going to the chip shop. Does anyone want anything? And then it, it's, it's, a level, it's a level playing field then. It's all changed then when someone's going to Creek and Chip. So I, I miss those times together. And isn't it nice to have meals with people and to get together and chat and hang out? And it doesn't need to be something fancy or something special, but even just grabbing lunch with the people that you work with or, you know, or people in the house or just eating at home with the family or that kind of thing. It's nice, isn't it, to, to eat and to be together, and it's, it's wonderful. And one of the amazing things about Jesus when you look through his life is how many times he would, he would eat and have meals with people and how that was such an important part of what Jesus did, and all the way through uh, the accounts of Jesus' life, we just see how he was meeting with people and having meals with people all the time. And I love how Jesus speaks of our relationship with him in this way as well. Uh, in Revelation 3, Jesus says, 
says this. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And isn't it amazing how our faith is, is something personal? It's a relationship with God. It's close and real and that Jesus calls us friends. And that's how he sees our relationship together. I think that's fantastic. And in our relationship with Jesus, just like when you have a meal, you've got those essential ingredients, you know, to have a, a nice meal with, with friends or family or whatever, you, you've got to have the people, you've got to have the food, and then you've got to have something to drink. And you've got those three essential ingredients. Well, in our relationship with Jesus, he gives us some essential ingredients as well as we do life with him. And so obviously Jesus, he, he's the people, us and Jesus. And then you've got the food and the drink and the the two gifts, if you like, that Jesus gives us as we do life with him are these two here, baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's like kind of essential ingredients in our walk with Jesus. And over the last few weeks, we've been exploring about, you know, what happened next uh, after Easter, after Jesus died and gave his life for us and came back to he- uh, life again and returned to heaven. And we've looking at what happens next and the life of the early church right there at the very beginning. And what we see is even in the, in the very first days after Jesus had gone back to heaven and the Holy Spirit had come and his followers, they came out into the streets and they were sharing about Jesus and Peter and some of the other yeah, disciples were sharing about what Jesus had done and, and the crowds there, you know, they were listening and some of those people in the crowd, you know, they were in the very same place uh, where Jesus had been killed and they were hearing about actually how Jesus, you know, died for us and that he was alive and that he was the son of God and as they were hearing these things about Jesus... And they realized that, you know, they had been there when Jesus had died, and they hadn't stopped it, or they had maybe been a part of it, or they had been involved some way, and, and it says they were convicted about what had happened, and they turned to Peter, and they turned to Jesus' followers, and they said, you know, what should we do? And Peter said this to them, he says, Peter replied, repent, and that means to change your mind, or turn the direction of your life, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, for all whom God will call. And so, and then it says, those who accepted his message about Jesus were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And this was like the very beginning of the church. And so we see right here at the beginning, right where it starts, these two essential ingredients for life together, life following Jesus, baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to explore these a little bit together today. And uh, I don't know if you remember when I spoke a few weeks ago, I was shared how not long after this, a great wave of persecution hit the church and people were scattered all over the regions and they had to flee and they had to you know, run because they were being imprisoned and killed and arrested for following Jesus. And, but as they went, they, they shared the message of Jesus and the good news that we have the gift of eternal life because of what Jesus has done. And they began to share that places that they went. And so as uh, Luke, who recorded this in the book of Acts, he zooms in on one character and, uh, and what he did as an example. And so we're going to look at him today as we explore these two things, baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's dive in together. So here we go. Let me read it to us. It's in Acts chapter 8. We're going to zoom in on one character. So it says this, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over all the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah, that's Jesus. 
Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear the message, his message and to see the miraculous signs he did. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And then Luke describes how there was a man in this city called Simon who was a sorcerer and, sorcerer, and he was very proud. He thought he was someone great, and he kind of kept the city there almost like captive, if you like, a little bit. And people were almost in awe of him, a little bit afraid of him, almost. Uh, but now it says... Now the people, well, let me go back. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and they saw the miracles. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. And I love this little expression here where it says, There was great joy in that city when people heard about Jesus for the first time. And just in this last week, I was chatting with Ali, who was uh, one of the students here, and he just left yesterday. He's been here, I think, for three years. And uh, he's an international student, arrived in Swansea, and he was telling me that when he first, he was telling me that when he first came to Swansea, he didn't really want to be here. It wasn't like his first choice. He had limited options of where he could end up. He hadn't really heard of it before. And he said at first he was dreading it. He was dreading coming here. But then he said to me that coming to Swansea is the best decision he has ever made in his life. Because after being here just a few weeks, someone invited him uh, to the church, invited him to Alpha. He went to Alpha, he got to know Russo and some of the other lads in the church. He discovered Jesus for the first time. He gave his life to Jesus. He became a part of the family here. And he described, that's what he said. He said, I've discovered a new family. This has been my family. He said how much he's going to miss everyone. And when I was asking him about it, his exact words were, he said, this is the best thing I've ever done. It's changed my life. It's opened a brand new chapter chapter in my life, and he was, he was so thankful for what God has done, and so I can imagine it here, the people in Samaria hearing it as well, where it says they had great joy, and that's what Ali was describing, and it's a brilliant picture, and so people had great joy, and then it says, as a result, many men and women were baptized, and to be baptized is when someone goes into the water, like we can see a little picture here, and they're dunked under the water, and then they come up out again. And it's a physical, outward sign of what Jesus has done for us, what Jesus has done for us in our decision to follow him. And so someone, when someone goes in the water, and then they're dunked underneath the water, this represents Jesus' death on the cross how Jesus died for us to take away the wrong things that we have done or ever will do, where we hurt ourselves and hurt one another, the things that create a barrier between us and God. And Jesus dealt with them on our behalf so that nothing would separate us from knowing God in our lives, from experiencing his love and knowing eternal life with him. And so when someone goes under the water, they're saying, Jesus died for me. And that I'm burying, if you like, my life apart from Jesus. I'm burying that as well. And I've died to that life with Jesus. So in Romans, it explains it and says, when we became Christians and were baptized, we became one with Jesus. We died with him. It's saying we left that, that life, if you like, behind with Jesus. And then secondly then, when someone comes up out of the water, and it's only a, they, you know, they're not under there and someone's explaining, and they've got to hold their breath, okay, so in and out. When they come up out of the water, just like Jesus, who was resurrected and came back to life, and now we too have new life, it says this next, and just as Christ was raised from the dead, now we also, now we also 
may live new lives. And that's talking, if we come out of the water, then now we have a new life of Jesus, a fresh start, a brand new start, forgiven for the things we've done wrong, and knowing his purpose, his love, and his joy, and the future and plan that he has for us. And then that's our part to play, that now we live for Jesus, and we follow him as we go forward and discover what he has for us. But why, why, why get baptized? Why does it matter to, to do this thing called baptism? Why not just mentally make the choice to follow Jesus? Why is there such a thing as baptism right there from the beginning and throughout today? Why is it important? What, you know, why not just yeah, make the choice in your mind? Well, there's three things. Firstly, baptism is all about putting our faith into action. Our faith is something that we live out. It's not something private or internal or just a set of beliefs in our head but it's outwardly identifying with Jesus and being in relationship with him. Just like I shared at the beginning how, you know, Jesus said, I'll come and have a meal with you as friends. That's what Jesus wants with us. It's not just like a set of ideas or philosophy or rules in our mind, but it's a relationship. And Jesus himself was baptized. And Jesus had never done anything wrong, and he didn't need to get baptized. But Jesus got baptized out of choice to choose to identify with us, to identify fully with us in our brokenness, in our weakness, and who we are, so that he could rescue us. And so in the same way as Jesus identified with us, baptism is the way that Jesus has given us to outwardly identify with him. And that's why Jesus commanded his, his followers to do it. He said this just before he returned to heaven. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And so it puts our faith into action. It's something Jesus commanded us to do. And then thirdly, baptism is more than just something symbolic. It has a, a deep, meaningful, and significant meaning. That's, that's more than just a symbol, if you like. A little bit like, you know, if you've been bought a thoughtful gift... You know, when someone buys you a, a thoughtful gift, and uh, this is when it's, you know, you know, people say, oh, it's the thought that counts. Well, it really does count when it's actually thoughtful and, you know, oh, a bar of chocolate from the garage at the last minute, right? When someone buys you a really nice thoughtful gift, and when, when you receive a thoughtful gift, it communicates, the gift itself, firstly, it communicates something about the relationship, that you mean something to that person, that they've thought about you, that they you know, they know who you are, they've thought about what you like, and they've gone out to they've spotted something that you've been on their mind, or they've gone out to choose something, and you know, they've taken notice of you. And just just that in itself, receiving that communicates something. And in the same way, when in our when we choose to get baptized, it communicates something. It's a sign of our love for Jesus and our commitment to Him. And then secondly, when we receive a thoughtful gift, you've got like the thought that counts, and that's nice. And then you actually get to enjoy the gift itself. You know, you actually get to then go, enjoy, go and enjoy it and, uh, and make use of it and, and, you know, and, and, and go out and about with it day to day. And, and so there's like a second, second part to the gift where you actually get to use it. And in the same way, with baptism, when we respond to Jesus in obedience and and there's a blessing in it for us as well. So it's a sign of our love for Jesus, and there's a real blessing in it for us also. It's something that draws us closer in our relationship with him, just like when we, when we spend time together, how we draw closer in relationship with one another. 
There's a power in it for in our lives and a blessing in it. And also there's a power in it in a witness to others. And over the years, many times when we've done baptisms and people invited their friends and their families, it's after being at a baptism of a friend or family that then someone themselves has gone on to discover and find Jesus for themselves because there's an amazing, powerful witness in it. And it's so important, and that's why it's valued so highly and, and why it was an essential for the church back then and all the way through. And so this is one of the first essentials that Jesus gives us, and it's like in our meal together, if you like. If that, that's the food, uh, and that first essential on baptism. And then the second one, if you've had the food, and now we're on to the drinks, and the second part of the meal, the drinks, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's head back to Philip and... Uh, see what happened there. So Philip, he has this amazing thing going on in Samaria, loads of people following Jesus. And then back in Jerusalem, the church there hear about it. And so they send Peter and John to go and check it out and to encourage Philip and to see what's happening. This is what happens next. It says, when they arrived, so when Peter and John arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So the second part then is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God himself. The Holy Spirit isn't like a, a mysterious force. The Holy Spirit isn't an, an it. The Holy Spirit is a, is a he. The Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is, is God himself and God's presence. And God is all about relationship with us, so much so that he amazingly lives within us. And through the Holy Spirit, we enter into relationship with God and experience our relationship with God. And he brings God close to us. And he is God. So in Ephesians, it says this, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so receiving the Holy Spirit is a gift, and it was something promised to us by Jesus. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, and he will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And when we accept Jesus into our lives and choose to follow him, the Holy Spirit enters our lives. In Romans it says, Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you for his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And so the Holy Spirit comes into our lives when we choose to follow Jesus and he makes us alive to God. And Jesus once described this as being born again. He said to Nicodemus in John, he says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So every follower of Jesus and every Christian has the Holy Spirit within them. The Holy Spirit brings us alive to God. He brings, a turn, he brings us the gift of eternal life. He makes us sons and daughters adopted into God's family. The Holy Spirit, he works in our lives and empowers us to follow Jesus. Just this past weekend, I was speaking with Rachel, that some of you, not my sister Rachel, but Rachel who's in the church here and she's a, a police officer. 
And I first met Rachel, I think, four or five years ago. She came on Alpha, and um, she gave her life to Jesus. And during Alpha, uh, we were chatting one week, and we were chatting about this yesterday, uh, on Saturday. And I remember her saying how, um, this was a couple of weeks after she became a Christian, how the day before Alpha, she'd had a really difficult arrest. Uh, where she's a police officer, so she, she was arresting someone. She said it was really difficult, and they were fighting back and punching and swearing and spitting, and, and it was, you know, really difficult arrest. And she eventually got them, like, in the car and to the police station. And she said normally after that, she would be, like, really, like, angry and just, like, want to vent and just, like, going to go into the office and, you know, vent about what had happened. But she said as soon as she sat down in the car after this, she said it was really strange. I just want, she said, I just wanted to pray. And I just wanted to pray for this, for this lady. And uh, she said, I began to pray for them and pray, oh, God, you know, would, would you help her? Would you, would you bring a change in her life? Would you, would you rescue her? You know, would you help her to change? And she, and she began to pray for this, for this lady. And she was explaining to us how, how now, in these difficult situations, rather than getting angry, annoyed, frustrated, and venting, that she now starting to pray for people. And, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. The Holy Spirit, you know how we have family traits. Like I, I'll often tease Ethan and Jez. So like Ethan is like a mini Jez. He walks like Jez. He, he moves like Jez. You know, we have these family traits. People are saying the same with me and my, my dad, to be fair. Isn't it? Sometimes I, like, I catch myself standing like in a particular way. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm turning into my dad. What's happening to me? So we have these family traits are coming out of your lives. In the same way, the Holy Spirit, he works in our lives, and he brings out the family traits of God in our lives, and it's, an, it's amazing. Anyway, I was chatting to Rachel about this, yes, on Saturday, and I was, or Friday, or whenever it was. When was your wedding? Thursday. I've lost track. And, um, and I was saying, oh, do you mind, you know, do you remember this in Alpha? Do you mind if I share? And she's like, yeah, go for it. And she's like, do you know what's amazing? She said, this particular lady that she was uh, talking about back then, she said she was like a regular customer. They would have to deal with this lady two or three times a week, all the time. And she said, but you know what? Like since that arrest and when she prayed for her, they haven't had to deal with her ever since. And since then, she's, she's like got her life together. She's moved to a new town. She's married. And they haven't had to... And she was like, it's a complete transformation. Isn't that amazing? And an amazing end to that story. Wow. So that's amazing. So the Holy Spirit, he's amazing. Now, as we look through the New Testament, we see then that Jesus, every follower of Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, he also, though, invites us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, as well as to be born again. And the language that the New Testament uses different language. It talks about receiving the Spirit. It talks about being baptized in the Spirit, being immersed in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Like here in Samaria, where we see that the believers, they received Jesus' message, they were baptized, and so having received Jesus' message and following him, they would receive the Holy Spirit, be born again, be alive to God. But then it says how they had not yet received the Holy Spirit, they had not yet been filled with the Spirit, and Peter and John came along and prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, one thing that's a little bit confusing is that 
they, they use the same word, receive, 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 receive. And that's because, obviously, we're reading this in English. But the, in the original language, it wasn't written in English. And in the original language, there's different verbs for the word receive. And, and it shows how there's some slightly different things. So I'll share with, with them with you very briefly. So here at the top one, it's talking about when the people received Jesus for the first time and accepted Jesus into their life and chose to follow Jesus. And the word here, you, I'm going to pronounce this with a Welsh accent, okay? I don't know how to speak Greek, okay? So uh, you're getting the Welsh-Greek version here, okay? So this word here, dekomai, I don't know. I don't know. If there's any Greek speakers here, you, please correct me. But this one here, about, this is the, the actual word here. And it talks about to welcome or to accept. And what it means is, you know, if someone like knocked on your front door and, uh, you know, they're in your household bubble or whatever, so you open the door and you're like, oh, yes, you're one in, in, one in my two, what's it called? Two extended household. You come on in, all right? And you welcome them into your house or you receive them into your house. And so it's, you know, you're active in welcoming them and open the door, but but it's also almost like, it's like a passive receiving as well. You, you welcome them in. Does that make sense? Okay. So when it talks about receiving Jesus into your life, this is the word that they're using. And then the second one, though, when they talk about receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a a different word, and it's this word here, lambano. That's my Welsh version. And that means to take or to lay hold of. So if you imagine you're at someone's house and maybe you're watching the football, we won't mention yesterday's score, but you know, imagine in four years or six years' time when Wales are in the uh, Euros final, and so you've had your friends round, and you, you know, Denmark had been knocked out ages ago, and so someone makes some pizzas, okay, and there's some, pe- you know, oh, look, come on in, uh, you sat down, oh, I've, I've, made, um, I've made some pizzas, help yourself. And so then you go up and you take a slice of pizza for yourself. So, you, you know, you're receiving it from your host, aren't you? But you've gone and you've, you've taken it. And that's what this word here is, to take or to lay hold of. It's like, I'm going to need that, or I would like that. Yes, I want to say yes to that. And you go and take. And that's what it talks about here, about receiving the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the Christian life. And so that's why Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's something we need to continually be filled and refilled and refilled with the Holy Spirit, and again, this word here, filled, it talks about like over and over again, in the same way that we might say, oh, you need to charge your phone, we know that that word like charge your phone, is some, we know that, that you have to do that again and again and again and again, right? If you charge your phone once, it's not going to be enough. In the similar way, this word here, this is what it means, to be filled and refilled and keep on being filled. So the Holy Spirit is amazing. He brings transformation to our lives. He can do things that we cannot do alone, and he enables us to do the things that Jesus did so that we can benefit others. That's why Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now, a few um, years ago, Chloe was in North Wales, and she was speaking uh, about, about healing, about how to share your faith and pray for people to be healed. And when we pray for people to be healed, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that is released and brings healing into people's bodies. The Holy Spirit does things through us that we couldn't do on our own, and it's amazing. And she was sharing. And uh, then they went into a worship time. And during the, in this place, there was like a balcony, and there was a, a girl up on the balcony who had never heard before how Jesus heals people today. It was completely brand new to her. 
And she had damaged vocal cords, and I'm not sure how she had done it, but she couldn't sing, and she'd lived with this for a number of years. And she was thinking about what Chloe said about how Jesus can heal people, and this was brand new to her, but she thought, well, well, why didn't I ask Jesus to heal me? So in the middle of the worship, she just began to pray to herself and said, you know, Jesus, please heal me now, and prayed that Jesus would heal her vocal cords. And then she began to sing, and her vocal cords were healed, and she was able to sing and realized she was able to sing. And she was so excited that then she just shouted out from the balcony and went, stop, <laughs> like this. And she stopped the whole meeting. And... Uh, and she, I've been healed, and came down and shared about what had happened and about how she'd been healed. Isn't that a, isn't that a I love, I would love it if anyone, if that happens to you, feel free. Stop me, okay? I would love it. Just go for it. Um, that'd be amazing. And uh, that's fantastic. Now, maybe here today or joining us from home, maybe today like that girl, you know, she never knew that Jesus could heal today. When she realized, she thought, well, let me go for it and let me ask. And maybe, you know, any, some of us here today, maybe, we've, you know, we've been a Christian a while, but we haven't been baptized. Uh, not, not my own decision anyway, you know, my choice as a, as a, as an, as a grown-up to, to get baptized. Or maybe like the Samaritan Christians in the passage who had given their lives to Jesus, been baptized, but they, they hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet. And maybe think, you know, I don't know if I've been prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I would like to. There was another time when Paul was once uh, traveling and he met some followers of Jesus and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then when, so then Paul prayed for them. It says, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So maybe one of us, you know, for the first time, we thought, oh, you know, I haven't been baptized, so I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit and I would like to. And, you know, that doesn't, if we haven't already, that doesn't detract in any way from our Christian life or our walk with Jesus or the things that he's done in our life. Because as we, you know, walk with Jesus, there's always things to learn and things to grow and new things that he brings into our lives. Just like these followers of Jesus here that we, we read about that Paul met. And so if baptism or the Holy Spirit is new for you, then let me encourage you that you can start today too and that you can go for it. And uh, we're going to have baptisms in a few weeks and I'll just share that in a, in a moment. Okay, last, last little bit for you. So there was another time when um, there was a Roman soldier called Cornelius, and uh, he's being played here by Channing Tatum. hope you don't mind Channing. And uh, he, was, he was in Acts, it says he was a good man, and he didn't know of Jesus, but he was generous to the poor, and he, and he loved God. And uh, God um, spoke to him, sent an angel who spoke to him, and, and told him to go and send for Peter. And so he sent for Peter, and uh, Peter arrives, and Peter begins to explain to Cornelius all about Jesus and what Jesus had done for him. And Cornelius and his friends, they were so hungry and had such faith and were so ready that this is what it says next. It says, even as P Peter was saying these things and sharing about what Jesus has done for us, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in tongues and, and praising God. And then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have just received the Holy Spirit just as we did? 
Because this was all brand new for them back then. You've got to remember, you know, this was all happening for the first time, and it was amazing. So Peter gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. So here again in this story, we see these two essentials, baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit. But what's interesting in this one is this time it's the other way around. You know, Peter uh, Cornelius, when he heard about Jesus and put his faith in Jesus for the first time, it says they were filled and had the gift of the Holy Spirit and prophesied and spoke in tongues straight away. They were filled with his Holy Spirit straight away. And they hadn't been baptized yet. And then after that, Peter was like, well, well, because of this, let's get these fellas baptized. You know, they're obviously followers of Jesus. And so this shows that, you know, it doesn't matter which way round it is, but God wants to give us the Holy Spirit And he wants us to be baptized. And they're both gifts from Jesus to us. And I think that's amazing. So we're all all included. God wants us to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So these are two essentials for every one of us. And so I want to encourage you that if you haven't been baptized and you're following Jesus, then to go for it. And in a couple of weeks, on July the 11th, Sunday, July 11th, we're doing a baptism service, our first one post-COVID. And so if you haven't been baptized and you would like to, I'd really encourage you to go for it. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And I, I won't re-preach my talk. So, you know, go for it and, and let us know and we can chat to you about it. And, and, and uh, that would be fantastic and amazing. And then secondly, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit before, or you're not sure if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, well, why don't we pray now? And let's invite the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us with his power and his love and his gift and all that he has for us. And uh, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before, you can be filled again. And if you haven't, then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. I know his love and blessing uh, that he has for you and the wonderful gift that it is. And next time we're in small group or things, um, because obviously we can't come and lay hands and pray for each other personally, but next time, you know, you're in a setting that you can, then you can, then you can do that, which would be amazing. And also, you know, if you're here today and you're yet to actually accept Jesus into your life and say yes to him, like I read all the way back at the beginning, how Jesus knocks on the door of our lives and says, if you let me in, I will come together and we'll have a meal as friends. And if you say, do you know what? I don't know if I'm in relationship with Jesus. I don't know if I've said yes to God and been forgiven for the things I've done wrong and received the gift of eternal life that he has for me. And I'd like to. I'd like to know God more in my life. I'd like to walk with him and I'd like to do life with Jesus. Then you can say yes to that too. And I'll say a simple prayer and you can pray that with me to say yes to him. And then we'll pray for the Holy Spirit to fill us. How does that sound? So why don't we stand together and let's pray for a moment. So if you're here or if you're at home joining in and you want to accept that invitation that Jesus offers us to do life with him, to receive the gift of eternal life, to spend eternity with God and to know his plan and his purpose, his love for our lives, then why don't you just pray this with me? Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that you came back to life, winning for us eternal life. And I want to say yes to your invitation of friendship and relationship today. 
Would you come into my life? I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Forgive me. Help me to live for you. I want to know you and to follow you. So I welcome you now and I say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. And now let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. And I just want to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and fill us again with his power. And so if, you, if you'd like to join in with that, then why don't I just encourage you, if you want to, you could put your hands out like this, like you're receiving a gift, or just, just put a hand on your heart. And sometimes it's good just to do something physical, that just, just a physical expression to show our openness, if you like, to what God wants to, to bring into our lives. Just like when we, you know, might open the door for someone to come in rather than speak to them through the letterbox. <laughs> and just pray this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, come and fill me now. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And I pray right now, would you come and answer that prayer? And would you fill every person with your power? and the gift that you have for us. I thank you that you want to be, that you're a part of our lives and you draw close. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, come with your power and rest upon us right now. Fill us, fill us Holy Spirit with your love. Fill us Holy Spirit with your peace. Pour your grace on us right now. We welcome you. And we're just, just gonna wait just for a few moments, just wait as we welcome the Holy Spirit. He's very, often just comes very gently, so just want to give a little space as we prayed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask for more of you, more of your presence in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, we thank you. You love to bless us. We welcome you now. So I bless you now in the name of Jesus and I ask Holy Spirit come and fill each and every person who has asked you to right now with your power. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you're with us. Amen.